check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig and Nick. On this episode, we'll look back at the nice Villanova victory. And with a week between games, we'll give a mid-year review of the state of St. John's basketball and look at where we're at in terms of the whole season. Guys, good to be back on the air with you. Good to be back. Great Feeling be back. better? You know, it's nice. That's what we like to hear. Great we, to be back after that Villanova W. That is nice. Felt we, good. We were a little yeah. under the weather. We got, you know, the last week. We, we pulled ourselves together, though. That Villanova game made it, made it feel a lot better. I, You know, that is, uh, we'll get into it, but I that's... Sweeping Villanova for the first time in thirty plus years is in just my, in my life. absolutely incredible. First time in my life. Well, you were yeah, that's true. It's true. Watching Villanova fans leave the garden and in mass with like just ten minutes ago, eight minutes ago, especially, especially because there's a lot of Villanova's fans always in our section too, directly in front of us. There was a true. couple of people that were getting real loud at the beginning, and then they got dead silent. Yeah, which was amazing. Hilarious that one girl that stood up. In front of you, like towards the end, like, oh, they were down yeah, like yeah. fifteen, and she like big smile, like looked back towards her thing and gave like the little V sign, and Nick just stood up, looked at her, V down, like and, a hardcore, and, and, and the girl, eye contact, and she really? made eye contact, and then she looked at him and was like, could, like a confused look on her face, and then Nick just did it again. I just did it. Even, I just held and then it. She just, that's and incredible. She just sat down. That's just incredible. Slowly sat down. Hilarious. Taught her a lesson. Put her in her place. Welcome to welcome to New York, sweetheart. <laughs> I'll show you how we do it queen style. It was amazing. All right. So, uh, you know, but before we get into St. John's basketball, though, before we get into this great Villanova victory that we had, uh, I just, I, I, I'm a bit of off topic here, but I really, I thought there was a great moment this past weekend that uh, we should kind of discuss, uh, or I guess lead to a story we should discuss. Uh, for those of you who watch the NFL playoffs, which I assume is most of you, if you're Nobody probably. St. John's basketball, I... Mm-hmm. Tend to believe you're watching the NFL as well. Um, you probably saw Jason Kelsey, recently retired, Eagles center, uh, take his shirt off, jump out of the box he was in, uh, and, and <laughs> kind of, you know, celebrate or, or not celebrate because the Bills lost. But, well, uh, he was celebrating. He was celebrating with well, him at the he, time. Well, he's rooting for the Chiefs. He's rooting so. for the Chiefs. But, so he was out there. Well, he was being, he, he listen, was he's being a good, a good spirit. He was, he, he he was, was with the fans. He was cheering with Travis, with Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown. For sure, that's what he was celebrating yeah. when he jumped out of the of the box. But he was in in general. He went he went to a tailgate beforehand outside yeah. uh, Bill's tailgate, and he, you know he's uh, overall seems like a nice guy. So anyway, what well, what that leads me to is this. So he, uh, if you had happened to listen to their podcast, uh, he was telling the story about how this all happened, right? And now his wife, uh, you know, apparently it's the first time that the, him and his wife are meeting Taylor Swift. Yeah. They're going to be in the box together. And his wife says to him, like, listen, like, don't do anything, you know, don't do anything embarrassing. <laughs> and, and he said, he said, he looks at her and he says, I'm going to take my shirt off <laughs> and jump out of the box. <laughs> and she was like, don't you dare. And he was like, it's going to happen. Like, I'm not asking permission. I'm just telling you what's going to happen. <laughs> um, and he goes on to say, like, listen, like, you, you have to expect this. Like, when we met, the first time we met, I, like, passed out at a bar like this is <laughs> yeah. you should know this um it's part so, of that jason kelsey charm that's exactly it that's exactly his line uh so you know i it was i think it's a hysterical story first of all he knew he was going to do this uh and, and then went through and did it so uh in the same same idea uh what uh is an event or a gathering that you most embarrassed 
your wife, Nick, your girlfriend, uh, by getting too drunk and out of hand and, uh, and really, you know, the kind of, the kind of moment where you get in the car together and it's a little awkward <laughs> because you know that, that she's not happy. Craig, uh, you go, you can go for so, it. So... I don't know that she wasn't happy, but yeah, no, maybe no, not no. happy, but she, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, a no. moment where she so was like, "Come on, man!" We went one summer. We went to the uh, New York State Renaissance Fair, mm-hmm. and I went with her, her parents, and her aunt, and me, and her, and, and some of her family members. Her, we went to a, you know, there's you can drink there, so we, we got a drink. You can you get mead. You get mead, and they have mead drink, so it's <laughs> mead mixed with stuff because mead is very sweet, but it was mixed yeah. with other stuff. So. Me and her dad got a drink, and he was like, oh, this is great. And I looked at her, my wife, and I said, I'm going to get really drunk with your dad today. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, uh, okay. So we did, and we got really, really drunk. My wife got stung by a bee. Ooh, not great. And the two of us were just meandering around, <laughs> not helping her. <laughs> Everyone was a family. Was at, and me and him were just like at the joust, like, yeah. <laughs> and then great it, time. It was great spectacular. Time. Hilarious. So that was that. Renaissance Fair. New York Renaissance Fair. Great, great event, by the way. It was a fun event. If you've never been, it's in a tuxedo, New York. Uh, very worth worth going once, at least. It is. Nick, what do, what do you got for us? Um, so one time, this kind of involves you guys, I guess, too, but one time I was, uh, we were at Melissa's, uh, we were at Melissa's uncle's birthday party, uh, at his house, and, uh, it was around 4th of July, so our family has a tradition, we watched, uh, 1776, which is a, a 4th of July movie, uh, we watch it every year, and, um, it, it was, it, it, we, it turned out that we were gonna watch it that same day, right, so me and Melissa were like, alright, we're gonna stop by the birthday party for a couple hours, it was like a day night thing, and it was like, we'll come over and watch the movie at night, um, so we were about like 15 minutes away from leaving, and everything was good. Every party was tame, everything was solid. And then they start bussing out like bottles of scotch and bottles of, of whiskey. And then um, uh, his, it's, his name's Kuya Oscar. So Kuya Oscar was like, Oh, like, go, Nick, come sit next to me. And I sat next to him, and then right next to Melissa's dad. So, like, I was in between the two of them. Right. So I was like, You know, all right, like, we're going to have a They were like, Oh, we're going to have a drink or two, whatever. I was like, All right, yeah, we'll have a drink or two. And then we're, we're having drinks. So we're all taking shots, we're taking drinks, we're doing this, we're doing that. And we're just like, we got to go back to your, we got to go, we got, like, we got to go back to the thing. And I was like, you know, a little drunk. And I'm also like, you know, I, I'm between her dad and her uncle, who's his birthday. And they said, <laughs> Nick, you got to drink with us. And I'm like, I kind of got to be here. Um, yeah. And then that happened for like an hour and a half longer than it was supposed to. Mm. Um, you guys know that part. We did. Because you guys the, were waiting at the extended house. The extended stay was not great for everybody else, I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. So it was not only Melissa, it was <laughs> you guys also. <laughs> it was the rest of us. But it was, it was a good time. No, it sounds like a good time. That's that's uh, that's sort of uh, exactly the, the you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Vincent, um, I have to say, mine was uh, the uh, probably the South End Boy St. Patrick's Day Parade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some, our you know we we were you know we were out celebrating. The, they have a parade in town for St. Patrick's Day. It's, it's a great event as well, um, and. Uh, we had w- way too many drinks. Everybody had a lot of drinks that day. Okay. Naturally. Uh, I had a, a, a little bit extra than, than everybody else, I would say, uh, to the point where we came home from the parade, uh, and I <laughs> was, I, like, incapacitated on the bathroom floor. <laughs> like, we were, we were supposed to be eating dinner, and uh, it was in front of our family. It's in front of you guys were there, too, obviously, as you remember. Uh, so it was, you know, but it was, uh, it was certainly where, you know, Robin was like, Bro, like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> we were also dating at the time. We weren't even 
She's still married. She's, she married me afterwards, so <laughs> it couldn't have upset her too much. But it was uh, it was certainly one of those moments where she looks at you like, "What is this idiot doing? Uh, <laughs> this is the man I love. This is it. <laughs> this is this is this is guy. This is the guy. Oh boy." <laughs> Well, hopefully, uh, we'll be celebrating the Big East tournament victory in similar fashion, uh, <laughs> or similar state of mind, I should say. Hopefully. Uh, and our victory against Villanova this weekend certainly put us in a step in the right direction after what had been a terrible three-game skid. Um, you know, I... Stop the bleeding. Stop Certainly stop yeah. the bleeding, but stop the bleeding in a big way. 70-50 to 50 victory, right? Nice 20-point victory. Uh, it, was a, it was a back-and-forth game at the beginning. Uh, then we went up, and we never went back down. And I think that really was a great moment for this team because they would have been struggling, because you could hear you know, the old St. John's fans coming out. Uh-oh, uh-oh, it's not real. We can't buy into this. See, this is what happens. This is what happens. We're not actually that good. Put a stop to that right away. 20-point victory, beat Villanova, sweep, them, sweep their series for the first time since 1992-93 season. Yeah. It was, I think, on multiple levels, it was exactly what this team needed at exactly the right time, Yep. which is something that this team has done time and time again when they've faced adversity, right? Bad game against Boston College, Rick Pitino. Our defense is terrible. Since then, our defense, incredible, right? Three-game losing streak. You know, uh-oh, things are falling apart. Joel Soriano's not playing well. 21 points, 20-point victory over Villanova. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think when you have a team like that who's able to – you know, bounce back like this. It's it's a team that people need to be afraid of. Yeah, I mean, look, like you said, the Villanova. This win was something that we desperately needed. We needed to get right. There was, you know, the, with the week in between the sky. You know, people worried about the sky was falling and stuff like that. It wasn't, but staying above five hundred in the Big East is important. Uh, and really, what it just showed is that we're frankly we're just better than Villanova. I mean, both games we led. The first game we led wire to wire. This game, we I think they had to lead for literally one play. No, uh, I think we went up uh, four two, and then we we never right. looked back. Right. So no, yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, they, it, it they led, like, they led like, to start. They yeah, they scored yeah. the first basket. It was like two minutes they led. Yeah, it was two nothing. And then three two, two four three. And we took the lead five four, and we never gave it. Yeah. Back. So like, essentially, we led wire to wire. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and it really was the game was never in doubt. I mean, it was in doubt for us. Because we're St. John's fans, yeah, and we've had years of abuse. Yeah. Um, but if for any outside watcher, this game was over very early on in the second half. Another thing to note, which I also noted last game, is just the uh, their three-point shooting percentage was 16 this game. At one point, it was 12. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure if it really is necessarily just a coincidence anymore. I said it last time, I was like, oh, it might just be whatever. I think now it's it's really our rotations. It's how we're playing defense on them. It's... We're making them second-guess themselves when they have open shots. We're making them rush their shots. And it's, to your point, Craig, our defense has been, or, or Vincent, to, to your point, it was our defense has done a lot better in the last couple of games, and I think we're finally coming together as a defense. Patino plays a very particular style of defense, and I think now all of our guys are kind of really getting it and gelling together, it seems. Yeah, 37 37- percent from the field too right so yeah. that number is not only a three-point number 50 points i mean 50 points right. is very very low yeah you know season I mean? low for villanova that's actually. what i mean so a really good like you said nick i totally agree great defensive performance and you can you see it when you watch the game it looked very inspiring very good well, like really good basketball the thing about rick patino's teams has always been that they get better as the season goes on yeah. right 
And, and you may even say in this scenario, you can multiply that by two because by you're 20. talking about, well, you, you, only because you're talking about guys who never played before together, right? So this is yeah. a team who already had to overcome, hey, this is our first time getting together, putting in thing. Now we have to me- mesh into Rick's system, which already is a progressive system, right? So it's, it's from the start of the year, you're going to get better at it by the time you're the end of the year. So now, first of all, they're getting better because they're playing together more. Now you add that on top of it. This is a team that, you know, we're at a point where if things continue in the trend we're moving, we're a team nobody wants to see. We're a scary time. team, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, in your t- you, you do start to see the hype a bit, and, and I know it's, it's not, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say hype. You, you start to see people, real college basketball people, speaking, talking about St. John's and yeah. saying, keep your eye on this team, right? Wally Zerbiak will say stuff like, these guys are good. These are going to be, this is going to be a good tournament team who makes a run. You saw uh, the one guy, Chris Walker on CBS Sports Network. He picked yeah. St. John's being his final four. Yeah. He said, listen, this is a sleeper team. I think, you know, I always have one outlier in my final four. I think St. John's the team this year. And to be honest, we get the right matchups. You could see where that happens. We got a ton of talent. We got a ton of talent, and now it's coming together. It's yeah. It, we are a very scary team. I mean, they play de- they play defense where they played against Villanova. I mean, look, there's there's we went toe to toe with UConn at UConn, lost by four points. I, there's nobody. There's no game that we go into that I'm like we can't win this game. Correct. Even if we played against Purdue, we win. I'm taking Soriano over Edie's every day. He's just tall. He's just tall. <laughs> by the way, speaking of, I just wanted to touch on before before we head into the kind of mid year review. Uh, Simeon Wilcher. Gets a start. Oh yeah. yeah, plays a great game. By the way, I mean, I, I, in stat sheets, it, it sounds four points. You know, kind of doesn't do it justice. Uh, he did have five rebounds as well. But yeah, I, you know, he, he you're talking about how much talent this team has. You got a guy like Simeon Wilcher who who hasn't played all that much. He's made good use of his minutes, but he hasn't been getting all that much play. He gets a start. He comes out and he was fire off the bench. Like oh, I'm yeah. out of bench. Sorry, fire off the tip. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Immediately made impact. Immediately was playing well. And that's the that's the thing about this. Everybody steps up in this team, so you see these guys. We've got name after name of. Listen, we're going to come at you, and you don't know what direction it's going to come from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had only two guys score double digits, and we had what two guys that had nine, one guy that had eight against Villanova. We were so spread out in this game. Yeah. In the first half, I think we were we were super spread. I think nobody had double digits in the first half. I'm not mistaken. You yeah, know, and then like Glenn Taylor, another guy. Had like hadn't had really some good, good games, game. really good game. Yeah, David, you know, played a very good game. It's funny, Vincent. The last time you asked, what did we need to do different this time than we did the last thing against Villanova in the last pod? And I said nothing. Yeah, well. <laughs> and you all made fun of me. Well, you and we did the same thing, <laughs> and guess what? We won. All right, we out rebounded them like crazy. We didn't do the same thing. We did. I mean, it's pretty similar games. Not exactly. Different them. different guys scored points. I mean, different guys scored points. But no, the, we the do. We do need was, to touch the on the rebound. Formula was the, the same. I mean, out, yeah, out rebounding somebody by nineteen. Having a plus nineteen rebound margin is is absurd. I mean, like it's that's next level absurd. If you saw that, you know, pre January first, sure, right? Mississippi Valley State, sure, yeah. To do that in a Big East game against Villanova, who's a team who they're teetering, but they they're they're going to be a they could be a tournament team. They, they should, yeah, be, they should be a tournament sure. team. Well, they're heading in the wrong direction, but no, no, no. they've had a rough stretch. Too. I think they're st- much like us. I'm pretty sure they're still. Around a eight still, or nine seed in most bracketologists. Listen, that's because they're Villanova, yeah, they're not gonna, because listen, of their skill. Again, I said they're teetering. They, they, if they have a bad stretch, though, they could find themselves on the wrong side. Sure, of the Sure, sure. But to to 
go into a game and get a plus 19 rebound margin against a tournament team effectively or an almost tournament team sure. is unheard of. I mean, it just it shows we came into this game off a three-game losing streak and said, we're going to make this our turnaround game. We're going to win this game no matter what. And we did it. And that's why we came away with the victory. I think we have a little bit of an edge on our shoulder, it seems, when we've been playing at least this last game. Um, and you saw it a little bit against Marquette, too. We had, like, fire behind us. Like, we want, we have we seemingly have something to prove to people, and we should. I really hope we do, mm-hmm. because we do. We yeah. absolutely do. We gotta earn it. Every year, every team has come into our, our house in the Big East tournament, and we've shown nothing for it. We haven't gotten the Friday. Since 2000, right? Mm-hmm. Well, well, I think we got a shot this year. I think, I think we got we a do. shot this year. We'll I think talk we about show that. Everybody. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, in our mid-year review, first, let's hit the spotlight player of the week. I don't think this one's going to be that tough. Uh, so I'll go first because I'm usually the anti-voice here, but I think Joel Soriano has to be the spotlight player of the week. 21 points. He had been struggling. He came out and, I mean, just said, "Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm bouncing back this game," and and just dominated. And he, you know, led us to the victory because he was so dominant, particularly in the first half, right? He, he played so well that it was like, okay, never, never mind Joel Soriano being on a downturn. He's, he, he just had, he had a rough week. Now we're back. Craig, who do you vote for? Yeah, I mean, it has to be Joel Soriano, especially with that game. I mean, he was, he was also very efficient. Eight of nine from the field, one through five of seven for the free throw line. I mean, he was just, as you said, he, he was just dominant. It was... Good to see him get a standing ovation when he came out from the crowd. It was it was a he nice, earned it. It was a nice moment. Tur- certainly owned it. Certainly earned it. Um, so he's got to be. It's got to be him. It's only a one game thing. So yeah, it's he a, had the best game. It's, it's easy. Be him. Nick, who are you voting for? Nick to throw a monkey wrench in it. Well, he has already lost. Two's a majority. Uh, I feel the wheels turning in a party of three. Two's a majority. I was trying to, but I am going to vote for Joel Soriano. I would, especially because he scored from everywhere except the three. He scored from <laughs> the elbow. He scored from uh, you know. A, a, a 10-foot jumper, a 15-foot yeah. jumper, a layup, left side, right side. And he was very dominant. I mean, he, he only blocked one shot, but he was very influential on the defensive side of the ball, sure. too. You got a, we got a very full game from him. And as you said, he has not been doing the best the last couple He of had years. not, but he turned it around. So shout out Joel Soriano, spotlight player of the week. Honorable mention, Simeon Wilcher. Simeon Wilcher had a great game. I mean, we, we, we yeah. mentioned He it. had that one we mentioned slick, it. Steal. slick steal. He did a very, very, very nice like a magician. Had a pivotal moment, too. Yeah, no, listen, it he was a turn Again, moment. he played a nice game. Yeah. Right, you know, not spotlight player of the week level game, but honorable mention. He, he's got time. He's a freshman, he's got time. Plenty of time. All right. So we are actually, and I know this is kind of scary, but we are at just be just before the halfway mark in the big East season. We've played nine games. We've got eleven to go. Uh so the by the by the end of this next game, we'll actually be exactly midway through the big East year. So with it being a bye week, we've got a little while to the games. It's a good time to look at the state of St. John's basketball, right? Mid-year review is what we'll call it. But kind of get a sense of where we're at in terms of the tournament, in terms of standings, in terms of net, in terms of everything, uh, and, and do a little big picture talk. So uh, we come in at this current moment, heading into our bye week, 13-7, and 5-4 and four in the conference. Now, obviously, there's other teams with games. Uh, but we're currently fifth is what we're sitting at. So, um, you know, good, good spot for us. Uh, obviously there's some games we wish we had back, but overall not too terrible in terms of the net rankings. We find ourselves at 36, we took a nice jump. Uh, we kind of flipped spots with Villanova after that victory. Uh, so 36 in the net, 
Craig, kind of give us an idea of of what that really means. You know, talk about the quads uh, a little bit. So just for a refresher in terms of quad one, quad two. So quad one wins are any team, if you're at home, is beating a team in the top 30 of the net, or top 50 in a neutral court, or top 75 on the road. A quad two is 30 to 50 at home, 50 to 75 on the neutral court, and 75 to 100 are included in on an away victory. So really quad one and two are the most important ones. St. John's being at 36, first of all, is very good, obviously. I mean, your top 40 team in in, yeah. in the in the country. Um, it means that, you know, a lot of teams, when they come to play us, if, when, it, when teams come to play us, it's always it's going to be a quad 100%. We're getting to the territory where even if we go to other teams, it's going to be a quad one. Um, we're the fourth highest ranked Big East team in the net rankings. The teams around us are Oklahoma, Texas Tech, uh, Cincinnati, TC, a lot of Big 12 teams right there, actually. But so, um, Big 12 is good, good conference. Big 12 is good. Villanova is right there at 40. Xavier's at 41. So we're in good company. We're in tournament. I mean, 36 is tournament range. Right. I mean, that is where you need to be um, um, yeah. in terms of tournament. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good net number. For sure. Just just a reminder for some you know, older listeners, if you will, uh, the net is what replaced RPI. Correct. Right? The so, net is new RPI. So if you think about it, it theoretically, the concept of the net is teams 1 through 38 are the at-large bids, if you will, sure. of the tournament. That's not, that's not how it works. Yeah. It's, no, it, it's not like you automatically get them or anything like that. It's just that's kind of the thinking behind it, is that it's an overall ranking outside of the AP rankings, right. which is just top 25. Correct. So it gives a longer, deeper ranking. And there's some computer elements to the net in terms of margin of victory, efficiency, and stuff like that. Right. And don't forget, if you lose to DePaul, that's a quad eight loss. So <laughs> you definitely are not in, in a in a good field there. DePaul three hundred three in the net. There's three hundred and sixty something teams. So brutal. They're the lowest power six oh. team by a hundred spots. Oh god. Oh, so just that is, just fire their coach. Can't lose them. Recently fired their coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, we cannot lose at DePaul. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, no. rough. I I've always felt bad for DePaul, but maybe this year it's a little extra. Someone uh, there's got to be someone in the conference that gets beat. I was gonna say something. I'm thankful it's not us. Someone's gonna get beat. You are right. So with the net in mind, the next thing logically to look at is the bracketology. Uh, Jerry Palm and Joe Lenardi both have us as a nine seed uh, in their most recent brackets. Uh, this, you know, I say most recent, obviously at time of release of this podcast. So the changes because they sent them out pretty much every other day or every few days. Mm-hmm. But um, that was that that does incorporate the Villanova game. Do they? Both, I think I don't think the Joe Lenardi one does. No, no, no. The Joe Lenardi one does not. Uh, The Joe Lenardi one actually is is relatively old. It's been it's been a bit. bit. He hasn't released one since the twenty third. I can. Um, So yeah. So that's so we had dropped down obviously because of the three game skid. Actually, neither does the Jerry Palm one. That was was the twenty second. So yeah. So we should go. Um, Craig, I know you used the the other website. Bracket Matrix. Yeah. What do you boys say? Where they got us? Bracket Matrix, which in case you haven't heard before. Is a website that like uh, combines all the bracketologists across the internet and averages them. So it's, there's 81 that they go into. So there's I don't even know who does them all, but they they average them out. So they have us on average as an eight seed. That's they pretty good. The That's last good eight good, seed. Yeah. So we you know eight nine depending, but we're the eight seed. The other eight seeds, seeing all and Villanova, all eight seeds. <laughs> part of bracket matrix. Yeah, that's right. So, but he's biased, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, an eight seed's a great spot for us. Um, it's not really the spot you ever want to be in because you always have to play the one game too. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't like that. Yeah, but there is always one eight or nine team that advances. There's yeah. always one. So 
six is where you want to get. A hundred percent. Or you, you can get to the you, middle you of the you bracket. Wanna get, you want to get above the fold. If you yeah. get to the middle of the bracket right there, then you can really then it's real dangerous because you're six. You can bet eleven. You get a three instead of a one or a two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, also conversely, you, you get a few upsets, and all of a sudden you find yourself sure. in the elite eight pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Not that it's too early or anything, but I, I you know it's interesting to look at and see. Despite the fact that we had a three-game losing streak, right? That despite it's the first year of Rick Pitino, blah, blah, blah. We've never actually moved from being out of the tournament in terms of these bracketologies, right? No. Everywhere, no, no. we've consistently been in it, even with the three-game losing streak, right? And there's no doubt in people's mind, which is just a, a breath of fresh air for us. New, it's yeah. something new. I mean, it's, it's not used to it, right? I figured, like, yeah. oh, boy, with three-game losing streak, here we are, last first four out or something. Nope. Didn't even, we, you know, we went from a, being a seven to, like, a nine. You know, it, it, it's 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 nice to see. By the way, we got to start charging bracket matrix for uh, promoting them on air. Yeah, you know, right. yeah, jeez, free sponsorship, but they do good service, so we appreciate <laughs> yeah. their work. All right, so a, a few uh, you know questions for you guys here at the mid year point. Okay. Obviously, we've we've had a good portion of games. If you could flip one loss to a win, which game would it be? UConn. UConn on the road okay. becomes a signature win. They're in a top five team on the road. That would be a, a season-defining win if we could have flipped that one. All right, Craig takes the layup. Nick? I think I'm going to have to go with the Marquette loss. That's a That was a heartbreaker. Well, first of all, it was a heartbreaker, and we had a chance. We had a shot at the end. We already talk, You guys already talked about it on the pod. Um, but I also think it would have been nice because now we would have had, instead of a three-game losing streak, we only would have had a two-game losing streak. Now we would have a two-game winning streak after this right, Villanova right. game. Uh, and then we would have also, you know, beaten number seventeen at the time. They were seventeen, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, plus, plus, we would have we would have lost those two games. We were on the road anyway, right? So, you right. Know, oh, we had a bad, rough road trip. Right. And then came okay, home, yeah. got right. Yeah. One, two at home. And now people are. We would. We would probably be. We would definitely have votes. A lot more votes to be ranked for sure. Yeah, for right? sure. You, you, you beat a ranked team like that, then you go beat beat Villanova handedly. Yep. Then, then we're looking into going into Xavier and right. if you win and then playing number 1, we would playing, almost yeah. certainly be ranked. That's a fair point. Mine is a, a little bit in a different vein. I'm going to go with the Michigan game. Uh that was our first game yeah. with Rick Pitino at the Garden. It would have been really sweet to get that. But more importantly, a, a win there uh, kind of cleans up our bad losses for the season, yeah, right? It's, it's, water, it's water, water, one less one that you're going to see on the resume. Uh, you know, on Selection Sunday saying, uh, you know, here are their good wins, their bad losses, though. You know, Michigan. Uh, Michigan and BC. But those are really the only two bad losses we have, and I, I actually think if we don't lose the Boston College game, we may not be in the state we're in right now. Fair. Yeah. I also think another point of your Michigan game, if we had won that Michigan game, the hype train would have been different. Yes. Yeah. Right. we lost a lot of the – Rick Pitino early hype mm-hmm. when we got crushed by Michigan. So then the rest of that schedule, like the non-conference, we kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Well, the other thing is we, we yeah. lost that game. Then we beat North Texas, which was a game everyone expected us to win. And then we lost to Dayton, who, right. listen, Dayton's a great team. But yeah, no one Memphis no team. one really knew that at the time, right? right? They weren't right. Or no one ever thinks that. I don't know why people don't think that about Dayton. Dayton's a good Dayton's program. They're routinely good. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but people said, oh, no, they lost to Dayton. They lost to Michigan. They lost to yeah. Dayton. Uh-oh. Yeah. But you're right. that Because of that, we flew under the radar. Um, I do think that loss to Boston College is actually a necessary thing, though. I think this team needed a bit of a kick in the ass, and that was it where Rick Pitino could say, listen, what are we doing, right? We need to play defense. This is not working, and successfully did it from that point on. So all good games, though. I I think, you know, I think we flip any of those games, and we're in uh, 
you know, we're not in a significantly better space. I don't think we're in a, in a terrible place, but we're in a better spot uh, than we find ourselves at currently. More wins, always better. Of course, exactly. All right, so who is the player who you have been the most impressed by so far this season? Zuby Ejiofor, without right. a doubt. He had been at the beginning. I liked him at the very beginning, and he has proven to be the guy that we need him to be every time he comes in. So Zuby. He's done a great job filling in, particularly when Joel Soriano has come. And that's his job. Yeah, that's yeah. his job. And Absolutely. He's doing it to, the, to his agree. He's doing fantastic. I'm going to go with uh, Dennis Jenkins. I mean, I knew coming yeah. in that he was – there was a good amount of hype about it, but he has really, over the last – especially toward, in the last few games, he's really cut down on the turnovers, and he's really been a catalyst for this team. Um, and he's an important piece. You know, when the two guys from Iona were coming – originally were recruiting – him and Walter Clean, everyone was like, Clean was the guy we really wanted. He was the player of the year, all that good stuff. Jenkins really made the offense go, though, apparently. And yeah. I, I think he has really been important to this team. He, he hits a big shot. Like, we talked about Villanova. They cut it to five. He hit it three. Stabilized. Yeah. yeah. He makes shots like that all the time. He had and the I, shot against so Marquette. I'm, he hit the shot against Marquette. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I think he has been um, uh, better than I not better. I mean, I, I was hopeful, but yeah. I just well, think he, he, the question was who you're most impressed. By. I was impressed. So by. You, I've, been, been impressed I've been very impressed by him. By him. Yeah. Also, by, at the beginning of the season, he had a lot of turnovers, and then he changed. He he changed that very quickly. I think that's also part of it. I was worried at right. the beginning, and, and then he I'll turn the ball over a lot, and then now he has really hit the point where I'm very well, confident. The Villanova him. was he broke a nine game double digit scoring streak. I mean, he got nine points, so it, mm-hmm. like he had a bad right, performance, right, right. but he had nine games in a row. And to tell you the truth. Uh, he he didn't score double digits against Fordham, but he did against Boston College, and he did against uh, Sacred Heart. So if you go back even more, you're talking about 11 out of the past 13 games right. he scored double digit points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's been very good. No, he he's he really has been. He's been impressive for sure. The guy I think I've been most impressed by uh, is R.J. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, R.J. Lewis was talked up as being this guy is extremely talented. Yeah. Um, you know. He's a guy who is going to be impressive right away. We didn't see him because he was injured at first. Um, but ever since he's come back, he has been uh, just absolutely a, a spark, right? And, and listen, sometimes he wasn't – in the Villanova game, he, he didn't play spectacularly. Uh, but he has been impressive in certain moments. He's been overly impressive in others. And I think that's why I've been the most impressed by him, just because, you know, you, you always hear the hype, right? You never know what you're going to get in a, in a, in a guy, uh, a recruit. You know, particularly one who always, you know, whenever they start talking about, oh, well, he's got great, you know, he's a great talent, right? He's not, no one say, oh, he's a great yeah. scorer, he's a great rebounder, he's a great, he's a great talent. It's kind of a general term that it can be worrisome, and you never know how it turns out. But here, it's it's certainly worked out, and he's he's impressed me for sure. He can be very electric. He yeah. can take over a game. Oh, yeah. He really can. All right. My next question for you is, who has most surprised you this season on the roster? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm going to go with Drissa Traore, actually, on this one. Yeah. Especially after the Villanova game, uh, he had that very big block, and then he came down and had that very big three. I think it was; it might have been the same. It was it was, it was right same back sequence, to back. right? Same back to back. Um, so I mean, he, I mean, especially coming off of last season where he was just totally a bench guy. If, yeah. If that he was an end of the bench guy, and now he it was surprising when Rick Pitino said he was going to take him back, and now he's he's. He's a very solid role player. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he, not, he, gets, he's not he goes be, in, he gets his minutes, yeah, and, he, and, you know. And he works hard. He hustles. He dies. He, he does. They say he's the, the right heart of the players. team, and I could see it, right? You could see how he, you know, listen, again, he's not a guy who's going to put up double digits. He's not a guy who's going to get double-digit rebounds, but he's a hearty heart guy. You yeah. know, he goes out there and he makes a play or two, 
and he gets the team going. So I, I think he's a good one. I, I would, I've been surprised by him as well. So I'm gonna be. The, I'm surprised about it. it's kind of it's kind of interesting, but it's gonna be Joel Soriano because I, really I'm not surprised that he did well because he was <laughs> really good last year. I'm just, just surprised how much more dominant he could, has been. I, I thought last year he was as dominant as he could be, and right. I was wrong. That's where I was surprised about mostly with him. No, that's, yeah. that's, that's a fair. I, I could see that. I could see that being a bit he, surprising. He has gotten a lot better with his shot. I'm 100. He's really got. He's really got the. I mean, first of all, he hasn't shot a three eight in a couple of games, but he's still got that down from the dead center. But he's really got that hook down. If that you get, mini he, sky hook. And if he if he get it's set on a jump shot, he's gonna make it. Yeah. He does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. If he if he's open and he's set for sure. Yeah. All right. So this one, uh, not to get negative, but who on this roster? Do you think has underperformed this season, and who would you, who, you know, who you'd like to see get a little more out of in this last eleven games here in the regular season? I'll kick it off. I'll, I'll get you guys rolling. Go ahead. Uh, I think the person who I've been a little bit under, I mean, not underwhelmed with, but I feel like has not is not filling into the potential that they have is Chris Ledlam. He's 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 a good player. Don't get me wrong. Seven rebounds a game, nine points a game. He plays extremely well. Uh, I just I feel like he has more to give. So I, I, this is not like a. I'm not using this question to say like who's been really bad or something like that. Right. What I'm trying to say is he's a very talented guy, and I, I think there's actually more of him that we're not seeing. Uh, so it would be cool to see him kind of step out in this next eleven games and and really build on the season he's already having. Uh, I just think it's underperforming for him personally, not across the board. I mean, obviously, no one would say he's underperforming as as, as a regular player. Yeah, I, was gonna say. Um, I, I think he I think he's you know I think he's actually got got more to give, and I, I like to see I'd like to see that. I'm gonna go with uh, Glenn Taylor, and he showed flashes in the Villanova game, and I think I was excited for him to come in. He was a pretty good scorer at Oregon State. Um, and he, you know, he, he was starting early, and then he got he got out of the starting lineup. But he's, I mean, he's kept his um his attitude has been great about it. And I just think he's a guy with still a lot of potential. And I think once he he's a great like three and D guy. And if he can really really flourish in that role, which he has been as, as recently, but I would like to see that continue. I think I would have to go with uh, Jordan Dingle. Um, I feel like he was really supposed to come in and be a knockdown three point shooter for us. Um, and he, he, he hasn't been bad. I mean, he's shooting 31% from the three. It's not, but it's not, he's not, when, when he gets the ball at the three, I'm not as confident as I was when even Brady came in and he was hot. I was more confident that he would hit a three than I am right now, or even, or even earlier in the season than I am with Dingle, honestly. That's fair. So I would think I, he, he would, he's a guy I was a little underwhelmed. I've been so far. With. Yeah. yeah I mean, it would be nice to see him step out and really hit bang some threes here. I think Ding. I mean, at this point, it, it, I guess it's not really fair to say, but he did miss a lot of time at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and I mean, I, he's still rounding out into form. But I agree with you. I thought he was going to be a guy who's like a, definitely a starter, and he's only he's getting about twenty five minutes a game, which is not like nothing. But, no, but he's yeah. an important piece of this team. He really is. Um, and he's still he's still averaging like almost eleven points a game. So it's not like he's been terrible. He was the only other player other than Soriano in the Villanova game who had double digits. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, yeah. Dingle has been good, but. I agree with you. I, I I do I do know what you're saying. All right. Now that we've looked a bit back, let's look ahead. Which matchup left on our schedule here in the in the Big East season? Because uh, obviously you don't know what's going to happen in the Big East tournament. Is the most important left? I think the biggest game for the rest of the season is um, versus 
uh, Creighton on February 25th. Uh, listen, their ranked team, they were ranked as high as four to start the season. Um, we lost to them by one. Um, we can clearly play with them, and it'll be it'll be a very definitive game to show that we can beat. Because we haven't beaten any really good quality team other than Utah. So we, we're, we're lacking a really statement. That's fair. We need a signature. I, we need, I, we also, need I also think that's the last game we could probably lose. Yeah. We've got Butler, DePaul, and Creighton. I mean, I mean Georgetown after that. Yeah. Uh, so that could be that could be a game where... And probably a last chance to make a statement. Yeah, that's the thing. Last chance to make a statement could lead us into a nice little run there heading into the Big East tournament. Craig? I'm going to go with... I went with the other one. I'm going to go here, too. Home against UConn on February 3rd. Another statement game. Same for similar reasons. Statement game. UConn's gonna is number one in the country, um, and I really just want to beat UConn <laughs> at the Garden. I'd be I just I think more of it than anything else. Is I just really want those UConn fans to go home upset. That would be if yeah. any, if we could send anyone back to Connecticut upset. That's our goal. My, and it's it's a signature signature win. That would be uh yeah. I mean that that's a, that's yeah. one that locks you in in terms of having a good win on your resume for sure. My game is uh, the home game against Seton Hall. Uh, we have oh, yeah. played absolutely abysmal at the Rock, as we've seen year, 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 years in a row. <laughs> um, I, you know, they're going to be a team who clearly, obviously, better than people thought. They're going to yeah. be a team we're absolutely right there in the battle with in terms of positioning in the Big East tournament. Uh, so I think that's an important game for us. Uh, a win there could put it could be the difference between getting a bye into Thursday and, and playing on Wednesday. That's so, true. That's going to be a good game too because they're not going to have a lot of fans because it's all the way out in UBS. That is uh, yeah, sneaky scheduling there yeah. uh, to have out in UBS. Kind of a good use uh, for preventing the new people from New Jersey like ourselves. Uh, but we'll make the trek out there anyway. Uh, all right, in the last eleven games, this is it left in the Big East. How many wins do you think we need to say we had a successful? Big East season. Remember, we're already four, five and four right now, right? So, how many wins of these next eleven do we need to get to to say, okay, this was a successful Big East year as we thought it was going to be? Eight, I think. Eight. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I have the same number for me. That's funny. So, uh, eight is basically you're going to win four against Georgetown and DePaul. Yeah. Um, and then you we well, you have to. We're not having <laughs> this conversation to. if right. we lose. <laughs> but that puts you at nine already. So if you get another four wins, you're at thirteen. Which yeah, means thirteen and seven. That's a very dominant conference. I would be a really, really, really the best conference record we've probably had in like. It would, yeah. but but that's what would get us to a six, right? A six being right, a right, six right. seed in the tournament. Yeah, that's that's, what I mean. that's how. And and to be honest, I think that is a successful season. And and not that get winning lower than that. I, Winning lower than that would be, listen. You, you you're going to finish plus in the Big East, right? It's a good record, uh, but this is a team that had a lot of hype. This is a team that we said, "Hey, this is a tournament team, and we're going to show it." Uh, I think eight is the number as well, Nick. So you're going to laugh at me, Vincent, but I'm I'm a little I'm a little torn on a number. But my in real Craig fashion in, in Craig fashion. <laughs> but what I'm going to say is. Whatever the amount of wins that keeps us four, four in the biggies okay. above four would likely be the most ideal, right? But if we stay in that top four in the biggies, I would say it's a, a very successful season for us. All right, because that's, that's cause, fair. Because like you know, it, it, I don't know what that number may be, right? It's a non-answer. It, it, it's, it's Craig. It's a Craig answer. This is it, what I sound like all the time. This is exactly what you sound like. Now you know. Now you know the frustration <laughs> of what wow. it's like when we when you get asked a question and. 
Craig silently just doesn't answer. I'm going to continue to do it, but... I, I have no doubt in my mind. It's a, good, right. it's a good answer, Nick. I like it. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was, a, it was an okay answer. All right. Well, our first chance to reach that number of wins starts on Wednesday. Uh, we get our first back-in-action game as we head to the Cintas Center in beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, for a 6:30 matchup against Xavier on Fox Sports One. Of, and if you're if you're going out for the trick, Cintas uh, Center is a is actually a really cool venue. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the medical room there uh, <laughs> when I had uh, when I drank too much the night before, but um, definitely a cool spot. Uh, it's worth going out to. Uh, they do a good job. Xavier is a team that's been up and down. Uh, it, it you know we beat them in the first matchup. Uh, they're four and four in the Big East. They're ten and nine overall. I think there's still a question mark out on this team. What do we do here differently, Craig? I know you love this question. What do we do here? Uh, to make sure we combat the benefit of playing at home in the Sintas Center against the Musketeers. I can't say we can do the same thing again. I mean, I guess you could. No, we, I'm not. We, I, we beat them by almost 20 last time, but I yeah. I mean, so partially, yes. Uh, I think it's interesting you look at their stats. Um, they are they're actually a better rebounding team than us. Which is pretty rare. Actually, actually, I take that back. They're not better. They're I was equivalent. We're equal, yeah. We're equivalent. <laughs> we're both average about forty rebounds a game. So well, they out rebounded us last time, right? So that would be something we could clean up because, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially after the dominant Villanova victory, um, we would like to continue that trend. And we're one of the best rebounding teams in the nation. So um, continuing that trend, that would be important. Winning points in the paint, I think, is also very important for us. Winning points in the paint seems to be a key to our success. I agree with that very much. So and yeah. You know, listen, uh, we're a very dominant rebounding team. Being Having been out-rebounded by them last game, last time we faced them, I should say, um, you know, it, it would be good to get back at that. Um, the one thing I think we could do better, uh, and it's a little nitpicky, again, we won 81-66 to 66 against them, so we played a very good game. Yeah, we did. Um, I think we could shoot free throws better. We shot 66% in that game. Uh, that is something that is going to be key in the NCAA tournament because it always is, uh, and there's never a bad time to... to fix that or get right in your free throw shooting. So I think free throw shooting could be something we could turn around. We're the 10th best free throw shooting team in the Big East. Just, just, Out of 11. Just for record, there's 11 teams. <laughs> Out of 11. So, so that's not good. That is not, not, good. That is not, uh, not exactly where you want to find yourself. My guess, and just shot in the dark here, DePaul's 11th. No. Oh. 9th. I'm wrong. Wow. Um, Damn. Blew it. Providence. We're worse than DePaul. Providence is 11th. No. That's... No, Rougher Providence. Who's number one? Guarantee you know that. Villanova. 100%. No, <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Villanova's the number one team in the country in free throw shooting They were percentage. heading into the game heading into the game against us, at least. They still are. They still are. Yeah. They also get a lot of opportunities. A lot of whistles go their way, so, you know, mm-hmm. nice, nice, nice chances to do it. It's good when you're practicing 25 times a game. Mm-hmm. Nick, what do you think we should need to do different? Or should do different that can help us get another win? I don't know if we. I'm. I'm. I'm going to go with the, a little bit of the Craig route. I don't know if we should really uh, change anything, but I do think that we just got to make our three pointers like we did. Make our three pointers and make our free throws. Last time we missed six free throws, and um, you know when we when we win by fifteen, it doesn't exactly matter. But that that could, that could come down to being the game. So yeah, between those two, I think that's the most important thing for us. Oh, one other thing, I think we got to look out for. One thing we got to do again. Um, we got to make sure we hold them on their threes because last time they shot 19% from three, they shot four for 21. 
Um, if we can do that That's again, good. the same way we just did that to Villanova, yeah, I think that'll definitely between those three things now. That's good. I think That's good defense really in that game. Yeah, hopefully we can we can repeat that. And just I think this is, overall, just talking about the game, I think this is a very important game for us because it's a road game and it's one of the few games. You know, I think I think not a few games, but it's a road game. I think we can win um, for sure. And I mean, certainly can we, we beat win, them? Yeah. We beat them or whatever. Um, it would be good to keep some momentum and keep us f- above five hundred. Because the next one is going to be tough. The other game next week is uh, very exciting. <laughs> um, so we'll finish off the week uh, with the big one as UConn comes to the Garden. Obviously, UConn number one in the country. They've been playing very well, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> they got the win against us last time uh, in what was a you know pure St. John's fashion, as per usual. Uh, we we gave that one away a bit. Um, but not anymore, Vincent. Not anymore. Well, day. you're right. You're right. I'm St. John's I'm of sorry. old. Well, unlike the last one, I don't think we're playing with house money in this one. I think we are in need of a statement game, and I think that this is the one we need. And the reason I think this is the one we need is because it's the biggest opportunity on the biggest stage. It it is a little bit of throw it in your face, beating them at the Garden. Because they think they're so great, right? Oh, we we can put, we're New York, blah blah blah. We're New York team, you know, whatever. The Gardens are home, ha ha ha. Okay, uh, so a rubbing in their fans' face a little bit. B, you look at our resume. We have some good wins. We have a good record, and and we're going to be a tournament team. But we do need a real statement game, yeah. and not that we're running out of opportunities because we still have Marquette, we still have Creighton, but this is the biggest one, and we need a real smack in the face statement game. Just to say, yes, this is Rick Pitino's team. Yes, this is going to be a tournament team. St. John's is back. You're on notice. This team's legit. And I don't think there's another game that does that as well as this game. So going back on your earlier question about what will be a win for the season, if we are to beat UConn, and, you know, and you know, the rest of the season plays out how we expect it to be, just normal, that is absolutely a win for the season. Showing our dominance in the Big East, showing that we're a real player by beating the number one team, and we would beat in doing so. I think, yeah. Fair. I mean, I said this is the most important game left on the schedule. So I agree with all of those things you said. <laughs> um, and it's a big opportunity for us. Um, one thing that is also we have to talk about for sure is that uh, Derek Klingon is going to be back. For UConn, he was yeah. not there when we played them in Connecticut. It's gonna make it harder. So that definitely makes it harder. Um, but you know, look, you, you gotta be teams at their best. I mean, we're we can I, just because he's back. It doesn't. I, I don't think that like discludes us from winning the game. I think we still can win the game, but it's gonna be tough. I mean, they're 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 really good. I they mean, are very. I very don't good. like them, but they're really good. No, they are. Um, I, I do think Clinton being back actually may give us a little bit of a bump. To be honest. Anyone wants to play down low, make it a game with Joel Soriano, I invite them to do so as much as possible. Uh, And I think, listen, we've seen him time and time again go up against guys who everyone said, oh, no, they're better. Oh, no, they're bigger. Oh, no, they're going to dominate. Even last year, Uh, Adam Sinogo. That's it. And, and And he's time and time again shown that, no, that's not the case. I'm very good, and I'm going to be able to dominate even against guys who are seven foot tall. So I, 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 st- I know what you're saying. Listen, it's going to be tough, and, and he's certainly a big presence, but I think that there's an opportunity there to try to work Joel in more than we did 
in the previous matchup against UConn, and by doing so, we may be able to turn it, turn the the uh, results around. A couple plays here and there, right? Like we win. Like look, yeah. we, we lost a rebounding battle. If we would win the rebounding battle, maybe it's a different game. Um, we need to shoot a little bit better, frankly. Um, you know, those are the things that will the little things make the big plays. And I'm hoping, hopefully, it's a red crowd at the Garden. It's, it's got to be a loud. We, red we've got to do well, a, maybe a loud red crowd. Look, there's there. There's going to be UConn fans. There always is. There is. Look, they're a state school. They just are. They have more, they have more alumni. It's, just, yeah. it's a fact. I yeah, mean, for sure. So there's going to be UConn fans. I just would love to watch them leave like we watch you. I, I do think a key is our three-point shooting. We shot 22% against them last game. We cannot do that in a win against UConn. Yeah, we got to shoot over at 30. At we got to shoot over 30, yeah. and, and I think we got to do it early and often, uh, to be honest. This is a game where you get out to a good lead, and, and that – all that means is that you're going to be in it at the end. It doesn't mean you're going to win, right? right. So, yeah. but but you got to get out to that lead. You got to at least strike first. If we come out and punch them in the face, the garden will explode. That's and it. And to your point, they can feel it. Yeah, and I, I think that's certainly something we need to do here. Well, it's going to be an exciting one. It's a good week, to be honest. Hopefully, right? The hope is that you you come away at least one and one. You're looking at, yeah, on paper. You're going. We're coming away at least you one and one. one. You bet, yeah, you really you're hoping that you come away two and zero. Oh. Uh, and if you come away 2-0, we'll be having a very, very great conversation at the end of next week after that game. For sure. That's why UConn, Xavier is so important because if you win beat Xavier, the UConn game, whatever happens, you're still above 500 in the Big East. That's true. That's a good point. Which is just keep your head above water. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a very, very valid point as to the importance of that Xavier game, which right. may get overlooked as right. you head into a UConn game. There's something else the team can't do, by the way, overlook that at Xavier Correct. game. Correct. Can't let this be uh, a trap. To get, a ha- get ahead uh, and, and start looking at UConn. Well, we'll see how the guys do. Let's hope they uh, come away 2-0, and we're talking very positively next week. But that'll do it for this week. I'm Vincent for Craig and Nick. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing. <laughs>